Two New Year's, Elijah Toonsom, Elijah Brewsome, Elijah Syracusum, Elijah Newsome. How are you doing? To be fair, I think you've worn a kilt longer than me. <laughs> Not after tonight. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if it happens. It <laughs> yeah, will, it, it, it's up for, it's up for debate. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All yeah. right. So we want to wish a happy New Year to all of our listeners, all of the Newcastle United Except for one. Which one? Michael Martin. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. There's nothing happy in his life. Yeah, so. he's a, he's like very. It's a sad Twitter feed, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Just how how do you get joy in just attacking people constantly? Not my style. Um, but uh, we really appreciate. I mean, this is a, kind of a young podcast, and we've already done a lot so far, and we plan on doing more. And you'll actually find out next week. Because we have a big announcement for you guys next week. And, and I would say, Elijah, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But it's the biggest announcement we've ever had. Agree or disagree? Um, I mean, I think the biggest announcement we ever had was when you introduced me as your co-host. But we'll just agree. Oh, yeah. Outside of the obvious. Outside of the obvious. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Outside of us starting the podcast and Elijah being the co-host, then yeah. <laughs> um yeah yeah that, the, yeah did i agree definitely the biggest news we have so we'll have a guest on next week and they will help us announce the news so get excited for that um follow us follow our main account at coming home and ufc really good stuff on there there's gonna be a lot of content you'll be able to follow that for sure all january I mean, all year, but specifically in January, we're going to have a lot of stuff out for you guys. So make sure to follow us there. Follow our podcast account at CHN underscore radio. And go to our website, cominghomenewcastle.com. My New Year's resolution is for next year. By this time next year, I want, this is big, 100 reviews on iTunes. 100 Mm. five-star ratings. I want 100. I think that would be massive for us. I think we can do it. So I want everybody to please help me out with that. I mean, I think with our listeners and how the numbers have been so far, I think it's very attainable. You just go, you don't even need an account. You literally just go on and review our show and click five stars, write a little review. And if you have any feedback that you want to give personally, not on a review, you can email us. It's uh, chnradionufc at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Elijah, what's your podcast New Year's resolution? Um, my podcast New Year's resolution? Yeah, and then give your personal one. Oh, my personal one is to not sound as boring as I currently do. <laughs> All right. It's a little bit more energy. It's a, it's a work in progress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. And what's your personal I think one? That, I, 
Oh, my personal year's resolution. Oh, it 2019 is the year of my body is my temple. It, it oh, my body is a temple. So cue the Hennessy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shots of Henny every day. No, yeah. I'm gonna start doing stuff like face masks and like oh wow massages. Oh. oh yeah, it's basically an excuse for me to pamper myself. I, I love it. Hey, that and food. You have life figured out, I think. So congrats to yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. All right. So let's get into some club news. A couple things here. Um, we are linked to Napoli striker Simone Verdi on loan. He is having a pretty good year. Well, sorry. He's had a pretty good career. Um, transfer market has him rated at 25 million euros. But here's the deal. He has six appearances in Serie A this year, one goal and one assist. Um, I mean, knowing Newcastle United will take those numbers. Um, he yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah, he's kind of pretty much his entire career been in Italy. Um, he's played for <laughs> a lot of clubs. I mean, Milan, Torino, Empoli. Um, went back to Milan. Then he spent a year in Spain at Ibar. Then Carpi. Then Milan again. Then Bologna, and now Napoli. Um, so he's kind of been everywhere and it was all like very small signings, two mil, six mil loans, loans, loans. And then, uh, Napoli bought him from Bologna for 25 mil in last summer. So he hasn't panned out. He's not starting regularly. So it's looking like Rafa is linked to him. He's, he could play attack, but he's mainly a right, right winger. So it could be a really good signing for us. Um, he's even featured four appearances for the Italian senior team um went through the whole youth staff so i you know i'd keep an eye on that i think that's there's something to merit there because i'm sure we could on a loan it's it's a cheap deal so i think if they're willing to loan him out i think it would be a um something that newcastle would actually do so something to watch there any comments on him elijah um just get ready for a lot of loan loan uh deals yeah, yeah. and a lot of championship uh deals yeah for sure <laughs> i agree yeah. with you there um, next bit is Accrington, Accrington Stanley. They have two of our players on loan right now. Dan Barlaser, he's uh, Turkish, and he's been our youth system for a little while, and Luke Sharman. Um, and Dan is actually doing pretty good in Accrington. Accrington's in League One. Um, he's starting every match, playing 90 pretty much all the time. And Accrington are working out a deal to extend that loan. It was a six-month loan for both players. They want to extend Dan. It doesn't seem like they're going to extend Luke. Luke has barely played. He's played in the FA Cup match and one other Cup match. He hasn't played in a league match, I don't think, yet. I think he's been on the bench a couple times, but most matches he's not even in the squad. So I, I, think, I see Luke coming back in January to be in our – system so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Sorensen there because Luke Sharman leaving opened up Elias Sorensen into the squad so but it looks like Dan yeah. is going to stay at Accrington and Accrington have said that they want to continue doing business with Newcastle and they're really they they said it they thought this loan really worked out with Dan and they see a lot of talent in him and so there's already rumors that they want to bring in Jamie Sterry on loan and Sterry's been suffering with injury so it could be a good like six months to get him back on track um, for a big push for next year. So something to watch out there. But it looks like we might be doing a few more loans to Accrington. They're in the northwest of England. So, you know, it's not like it's a super far way away. It's not like a southern club like in London or south of there. So at least it's regionally, geographically close. But something yeah. to note there. 
I have more transfer news. Go. Uh, we were linked to Kamara Roof of Leeds United. Really? Um, yeah. 13 goals in the championship. I don't think it's going to happen. He, he came from Oxford United in 2016, I believe. Um, but he's 13 goals in the season. And Leeds are currently, like, in first in the championship. So, yeah. it really doesn't make sense for them to sell uh, their, their arguably their best player um, to a team in the Premier League when they're trying to get to the Premier League. But it's something that is of interest. Um, yeah. And then the other one, which is not really a, a rumor anymore, it was just kind of – it was already debunked. But it's just something to talk about. Fulham, for some reason, thought they could leverage Newcastle wanting Tom Kearney to get John Joe Shelby. And it was just like, what? <laughs> like, no. I don't know how they thought that was going to like be a legit – like, I don't know how they thought that was that was going to work hey, out. Hey, I will say – no. I will say if Fulham had a John, healthy John Joe Chevy-esque player, they'd probably be, like, really good, even with their bad I defense. Mean, we probably would have won the past couple games if we had a healthy John Joe Chevy. Yeah, but yeah. That's true. none of my business. Very true. All right, and Elijah, what's happening with the club sale? Updates. It's not happening. <laughs> um, okay, okay. so there's, there's a couple things uh, – New updates from various media sources. Um, it's this is just like the biggest mess in the world. Um, so their build is exclusives, um, as you can say. The Sun uh, saying that uh, that Kenyon's Peter Kenyon's bidders uh, are at two hundred million, and they will only give the extra one hundred million if there are certain goals that. Um, Newcastle obtained so like Mike Ash would get paid if Newcastle got to the Champions League within 10 years of purchasing the club he would get an extra 100 million huh he would get an extra yeah and then you get an extra 100 million but it would just be the same price Mike Ashley initially wanted so they'd pay 200 million now and then they would get an extra 100 million if that happens along with some other goals um but yeah and it, it was it's it's that's the only thing they know so far they know that's one of the goals and that's a very ambitious goal. Um, the mirror say that uh, that um, that none of the the people, none of the four bids have the actual cash to buy the clubs, uh, and they're all just stalling. So, there you go. Yeah, seems like uh, Keith Bishop and his PR firm have done their job. There's no fan protest. If Rafa Goes We Go tweeted something for the first time related to Mike Ashley selling the club in a while, and it was just, like, too little too late. But yeah, was, and the comments are are ridiculous. Like, they're getting attacked now. It, it was – and we criticized it as soon as they announced they weren't – I mean, it's not them. It's Magmar Group. But, uh, yeah, just a bad move. You got to stick to your grounds, guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's the, the latest with the, the club sale. That's probably not happening. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we will transition then into our match over the weekend against Watford. It was our last time playing them for the year. And honestly, I would say I want to play them more. I think, I mean, we got four out of six against Watford. And, you know, three years ago you would say, eh, I guess that's good. I would have loved to win too. But now that's good. Four out of six against Watford's good. They're a top, top half club now. So, yeah, I'll take it. Um, Newcastle drew 1-1 in this match. We will get to our three words. So every at the end of every match, we ask our fans to describe the match in three words, and we'll read them on the podcast. So 
We have four responses on that. Uh, Don, former or former guest on the pod, Don, you find him at S M C U L T R A Smick Ultra. He said conceding late again. Yep. Zach Morrison, find him at Zach T Morrison. He said better than nothing. Also correct. Uh, Simon Cochran, find him at Lucas the Bear, and it's Lucas with a K. He said a decent point. And Jay, Jay, it's Jay with an exclamation point. So yeah. Jay at Jay Rockers says as effing usual. I didn't know if I should. Well, he say also spelled usual wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I didn't want to call him out, but here now we're here. Here yeah. we are. <laughs> I'm just, I just wanted to throw that out that he, you know, he spelled it wrong. But Autocorrects are weird. Let I me mean, just blame it on that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, we have the clean tag on iTunes as in not explicit podcast. So I don't know if we're allowed to break that or not. <laughs> so I, I didn't want oh, to say it out loud. Uh, are they listening? iTunes, if you're listening, please sponsor us. Yeah, yeah, please. Uh, that that will know if they're listening. With food. Yeah, oh, with food. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah, mm. yeah. All right, so we'll get into it. Um, starting lineups, I want to hear what you thought about it, Elijah. So we had Dubrovka, and in the, the back we had Dummett, Lascelles, Fernandez, and Yedlin. Then we had, in the midfield, we had Diame. Well, I guess Richie was in the back. So, Diame, Richie, Hayden, and then Atsu. And then we had, like, Perez in a free roll and Fernandez. I mean, Fernandez, Rondon up top. So, what do you think about any surprises, anything you were happy to see, anything you hated to see? Maybe maybe a mention about Kennedy? Um, He wasn't there. He wasn't even in the team. So Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what was interesting was – Rafa, for the second or third week in a row, has only used two subs, um, which is interesting considering that, like, I think the first or second time, we just legitimately didn't have any other attacking-type players to pull on. But, I mean, the people who never got any game time, you're looking at Jacob Murphy, Muto, and Hoslu, which, I mean, Hoslu, yeah, but you'd at least want to see Muto get uh, a bit of a run, especially since he's going to be gone in January. Um, but, yeah, so that was just... Something to, to, to look out for and consider, I think, from a lineup perspective. Yeah, and, and it was five five of the back. Dummett, Lascelles, and Fernandez were central defenders. You had Yedlin, so right wing back, and Richie as the left wing back. Um, and I mentioned Perez had that free role, which is exactly not what I want to have happen, and I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, I hate that for him. It's just not not good, and I'll explain. <laughs> so getting into the match, it was – one thing I noted, which I thought was amazing, is booing Yanmat. <laughs> I, just, I just love it. Some people are against booing players, but I, I mean, maybe that's the Philly in me. But uh, every time he touched the ball, they booed him. <laughs> I just think it's harmless. It's, it's just funny. Yeah, and Newcastle's like Philly. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. That's about the only thing I know in common. Yeah. Um, so it was like a 5-3-1-1 for Newcastle, how they kind of formed out the position. But when they got the ball, it was like a 3-4-3 because Richie and Yedlin were pushing up as wingers. And then they kind of joined Perez at two just behind Rondon. So it was a pretty attacking formation once they had the ball. And it was open, open play pretty much throughout in this one. Um, the first big moment was De La Feu 
was he got it got played in behind Newcastle's defense. I thought it was offsides at first, but he got in behind. It was just him and Dubrovka. This is about the fifteenth minute, and Dubrovka made one heck of a save. It was a low shot to Dubrovka's left, and he got a foot out there and kicked it away. It's just another another reminder about how good he is. It's just a different level from him compared to other keepers. So I wanted to give him a shout out there. Um, but it nothing really happened chance wise until 30th minute. You know, I was thinking that we Newcastle had no pace in this match, and I saw a couple of people were mentioning it on Twitter, saying like uh, Newcastle haven't struggling getting into the game. They're there, but they're not like actually imposing at all. But Atsu started it off unreal. He's he's facing his back. Uh, is to our goal about halfway and makes an amazing turn and opens up a ton of space. He runs away from Hudges and then passes out to Richie out to the left, and he had a perfect cross to Rondon. Rondon powers it in, split two people. It was a great goal. Um, Rondon is a killer in the air. He's a sniper, and that was awesome. So immediately, 30 minutes in, not immediately, but it was one nothing Newcastle. Thoughts on that play? Yeah, I mean, it was just – it's what I think we've been – I remember there was a match earlier in the season where we were just like, why don't Newcastle swing the ball into Rondon? It, I don't, it was – maybe it was harder – I don't know what the match was, but we were very much in the match and, like, we, like, subbed off Rondon and became, began swinging in balls to Muto. I think it was Muto's debut, and it was just like, why don't we do this with Rondon? And I think Rafa listened to that podcast because over the past few weeks – They've just been swinging balls in left and right to Rondon. And he's yeah. just been like taking them with his head and be like, duh, Rondon smash. Yeah, he's an aerial sniper. He's really good. So and he and he's not afraid of contact in the box. And he'll like he did, he split two good defenders to get that goal. And he was right in front of the goalie's face. I mean, he's not afraid of contact, and that's the hardest thing to get past with some strikers. So Beautiful goal there, and credit to Atsu. He had an amazing game today, and he he created a lot of chances for us. It, the plays, the good plays for Newcastle usually started with him. Um, Rondon put the ball in the net three times today. Two of them were offsides, um, and immediately after that, after the goal, it was Atsu chipped the ball in behind to in behind uh, Watford, and Rondon was chasing it, but uh, the goalie just, Foster just got to the ball before Rondon did. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be second goal for Rondon. But uh, it, Rondon was definitely wreaking havoc, but it was because of Atsu's creativity, which was just it, – it's been that way for a couple of weeks, I feel like, and he's been good. So it was halftime, one nothing. Um, the really only thing that separated the two sides was the goal. I, I felt like Newcastle had a good last 15 minutes, but Watford kind of controlled the rest of the first half. Um, and then we started the second half, and it was an immediate sub. It was Cher coming on for Fernandez, who had a knock. Um, and in that situation, I wasn't concerned at all because Cher has done well for the strong majority of the season so far. So and, and people thought he should have been starting over Lascelles. Yeah. Agreed. I'm just saying what people thought. People yeah. were saying. Agreed on my end, for sure. It was, just, it was out there. Yep. Um Right about six, seven minutes in, Richie had a, another great cross. Richie was wreaking havoc on the left side. 
he a lot of people weren't mentioning his name, but he had a great day. Um, he ripped whipped another perfect cross into the area. Rondon rose up, got it, but he was kind of. I think he was leaning back a little too far, and it was like a couple yards over the bar. But it was great connection. If he would have put that down, that was another goal. Also, um, um, that that's essentially it as far as chances go. But I would say it was open play until when, we're, of course, we're trying to close it out. <sighs> we held out for so long, but Watford found a way. It was started with Jan Mott. He turned and spread everything up to Perea, who had a great day also. He curled across towards the six-yard box, and it was Ducure, who was completely unmarked thanks to a recent Shelby sub. Shelby just did not mark his man, and Ducure got in there and knocked it in to equalize it to make it 1-1 with eight minutes to go, another heartbreak. And, yeah, thoughts on that? Uh, I Obviously, I'm mad at Shelby, but I'm also, like, it, I can't – I'm not mad that we walked away with a draw. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we both predicted. We both predicted 1-1, and that's what happened. <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, so I, I would say, so it ended 1-1. I, I definitely say Newcastle would feel disappointed that they didn't hold on for the win because, you know, it's so close to happening. I wouldn't say that Newcastle deserved three points, but it was right there for their team. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, and it was it was there, but it was it was the same story of the whole season of, like, everyone's in a state of, like, heart attack mode when in the last 10 minutes of every match. And it's like warranted because we've given away a lot of goals, a lot of goals in the last 10 minutes of matches. And it was the same old story again. And I don't know if it's like a, a mental thing or if it's just like a, we're just unlucky, but it, it is, it's, it's frustrating, but in the grand scheme of things in a way draw is great, especially since Watford's doing pretty well this season and holding their own amongst a lot of the teams in the in the top in the top six, and then I mean they potentially could finish in a euro in a euro spot. So um, it's a, it's a good draw. The only issue is that away draws are great, but you also have to do things like win at home, and Newcastle yeah. don't do that. So I don't that's know. A, that's actually a great point that I didn't think about. Like, yeah, draws on the road are great, assuming you do well at home. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, so going into some stats, uh, just overall Watford kind of attacked down the middle here in this match, which is interesting. You usually see people try to take advantage of the flanks. Um, and that's what Newcastle did. We used Richie a lot in this one. Uh, Newcastle was crossing the ball like crazy favorite long balls, favorite through balls, our typical game, but, um, we were surprisingly aggressive and, um, and Watford used that to attack down the middle, and they. But it was just an open, good game. So some stats that I have, um, oh, I got to pull them up first. And here we go. They're gonna get there <laughs> if it loads. Okay, so Newcastle have yet to win a top-flight game at Vicarage Road in nine tries, five in the Premier League. Um, 
but the rest were in like before the Premier League. So Rodon has six goals this season, five in the Premier League, um, and in each of his last three Premier League away matches, he scored, which is great. Um, so, and another thing that I wanted to mention is we started eight players that were in our championship season today. So today, so here it is. So uh, on December 29, 2018, when we played Watford, Yedlin, Lascelles, Dummett, Richie, Hayden, Atsu, and Perez all started in 2016 on December 30th when we beat Nottingham Forest 3-1. to one. Same players. Okay. I just want to make this point known because this has happened so often this season. Like every other week, someone mentions that we started – Oh, eight of our players or six of our players or seven of our players. We got relegated and we haven't bought many more players. Like we haven't bought 11 players since we've been, since we were relegated. So yeah, like, I think that's everyone's point though. Yeah. But I don't know like, were they expecting us to completely overhaul the team? And even then it's like, do you really think LaSalle's would have lost a spot? Do you really think uh, Yellen would have lost a spot? I mean, so Richie, I, don't I think, think Richie the way they're saying it, like, look at look at how Fulham looks compared to their championship season, and look at where Fulham is. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's different, right? And also, Fulham, Fulham have they've bought like what four or five new players, but none, everything else is about exactly the same. They bought Mawson and they revamped their midfield a little bit, and they had Mitro for the second half of the season. It's like. Like, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, we get it. But it's just like, if you just, nothing's going to happen if you just keep mentioning it every week. Like, Mike Ashley's not going to do it. He's not scouring through Twitter and looking at it. It's like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, we get it. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. more of just proving the point. Like, kind of how I tweeted earlier, like, oh, this is our net spend in the last two years compared to the teams we were promoted with. And it's like, everyone but, knows that, and nothing's going to change. But it's more of just like, hey, here's a reminder that our owner does nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's at the point, it's like, who are we proving a point to? Like, even yeah. the media is on our side now. Like, everyone knows that this team doesn't invest. Like, pundits talk about it all the time. This is the type of squad Robert Benitez is working with and the type of owner he's working with. It's all code for, like, this team sucks because the owner doesn't invest in it. It's like, at this point, we don't need to prove our point to anyone. I think last season, everyone was doing the same thing because, like, we had the terrible run of form and we didn't look good and people had to – remind other fan bases of like this is essentially a still a championship side and like yes we need Mike Ashley to invest blah 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 but I mean at this point it's like everyone knows this yeah and so I mean I guess it's cool that we're keeping track but like at the end of the day this is going to keep happening until we have a new owner and even then if we had a new owner say per se like we have a new owner we buy three new players you could still arguably given how Rafa has treated new signings you could still say that we'll have games where we'll start eight guys in who were in the championship, we could win that game and people would still be like, oh, eight guys in the championship started this 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 uh, this match. I don't know. Yeah. All right. I'm fine with it. Yeah. So 538 uh, predicts our end of the season probability. So our relocation percentage increased by 2%. We're at 24% now. Um, but the same clubs are behind us, Southampton, Cardiff, Burnley, Fulham, and Huddersfield. They're still saying we're going to finish with 37 points on the season which would now put us five points clear of relegation. It was seven, uh, so that that has decreased a little bit to what they're projecting, but um, still in a, I would say, still in a safe-ish place, according to them. Um, now let's get to some quotes from the match. Did you 
think that this like from from a team perspective and how Rafa played, do you think that he was happy about the result, mad? Like what do you think just your intuition from what they were expecting as a as a team? I think he was happy with the result because this is the first match in what three or four where Newcastle have had multiple chances and yeah. have looked good and essentially Newcastle scored three goals. I mean, and one of the, one of those offsides goals wasn't really offsides. Um, there were some. There's a screenshot roaming around on Twitter, but who cares? I mean, what are you expecting? And and don't even push the. Uh, and there are people pushing the the rupture against this narrative, but it's like a fraction. It's like yes, I get it. We need VAR, but like. In yeah. the moment, you shouldn't expect the ref to catch that. Like, yeah. like you wouldn't be able to – you didn't catch that until after the match, until you rewatched the thing. So, I don't know why people are complaining so much about that, this particular goal. But, yeah, I would imagine Rafa was pretty uh, pleased with, with how hard the team worked. And I think he's probably disappointed that uh, we kind of lost focus in the last five minutes and gave up. Yeah, so Rafa said, it's frustrating. You have to give credit to our players because they're working so hard trying to do the things that we wanted them to do. I wouldn't say that we had the game under control, but we had chances and were dangerous on the counterattack. So the difference for me is just the final pass. We could have been better in positions and created a clear chance that we didn't have. And we did well against a good team. And they are where they are on the table because they have some good players and who play well. I'm happy with the effort and the work rate of everyone. It's very clear today with the way the team was performing is the way we can get the miracle done. <clears throat> so I thought that was a good statement. Um, he said in the first half they did well, but after the substitutions they had better players, at least on paper, and that happens to us a lot in the Premier League. So that's a little shot. But um, the reaction for the players after Liverpool has been quite positive, he said. So um, that's that's really good. I mean, you, the, the worst thing that could happen to – our, our squad is to lose confidence at all. And that, that was concerning getting whooped for nothing to Liverpool, but they could have easily just like we said, just forget about it. And I'm glad they kind of did forget about it, but teams could usually sit on that and that could be detrimental, especially fighting a relegation spot. So yeah. So Elijah, who is your worst player in the match? Uh, um, honestly, I'll say this. Not mad about uh, Diame and Hayden. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I, I mean, I was mad earlier because I hate them. Um, <laughs> but, I, I mean, for what they were supposed to do, they, they did well. Um, let's see. Atsu was not bad. Richie wasn't bad. Dummett was great. Um, I, I mean, I think LaSalle's is not at the LaSalle's that we'd expect him to be. And I don't think he's the worst. I think we both know who the worst player really is. But I do want to just – I think LaSalle's has not been his true self. I think he's getting there. But I just want to point out that he's had a couple – a few games in a row with some key defensive mistakes. And he had a couple in, in, in the in the, uh, in the Watford game. So, I don't know. I would say besides the obvious player who was completely ineffective, um, well, I'd say it's probably Jamal LaSalle's. Yeah, and actually, who scored rating um, of all the starters? Lascelles had the worst rating at six point oh three. The player that I think was the worst had the second worst rating, and it's Iosi Perez. He is our free flowing number ten in this formation. He had zero shots on goal, zero shots attempted, zero key passes, 
a 70% pass success rate, zero aerial duels, and only two players had less touches than him. It was Jamal LaSalle's by five and Martin Dubrovka by three. If you're in a th- free-flowing attacking midfielder position, you better have the most touches because the ball is always going to be where you are. That's the whole point of free, free-flowing. You're supposed to get to the spots and receive the ball and then make something happen. He did none of that. He made zero dribbles. He made zero key passes, zero through balls, zeros across the board. And I have a big problem with people. I, and we got kind of into an argument about it in our Slack chat. If somebody said a lot, an article from last year saying that, you know, at least he works hard. No, that zeros across the board does not mean he works hard. He would have at least made a dribble if he worked hard. He didn't even do that. And people say, oh, he runs the most. Well, yeah, he's in a free-flowing free attacking position. Like, it means you run all over the field. That's what you do. And I went to it. I just did a little bit of research before this. You know, Manchester City traveled the 11th most kilometers in the Premier League last season. Liverpool was 15th most. It has no, it, no correlation to success. The team that traveled the most in the Premier League last season, do you know who it was? Um, I'm going to guess Burnley. West Brom, who finished oh, okay. last. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, Which is it, ironic considering that they aren't attacking-minded at all. Yeah. It, it has no correlation to success. And it, it bugs me. Like, I get if people just genuinely like Perez – and like they say, yeah, he's a one and a half million dollar signing, so he's done more than what we paid for. But okay, but he's a starter on our team, so you need to do better. I I think he is lazy. I think he's an awful number ten. He'd be a great sub for us, but to have him play ninety minutes consistently is bugging me out because I cannot see one of the most person who is covering the most creative position in the field have zeros across the board again and again and again. I'm tired of it, and I'll end the right there. And I think for me, I, I think part of it is, like, I didn't mind it as much when we're in these games where it is clear Newcastle are not trying to attack. Like, okay, against Liverpool, sure, whatever. But when you're in an open game, this is easily the most open game we've had in a while. That's, that's like, that's a bad look when your left wing back has, has produced more and brought more to the table than your most creative player. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, even when the teams with great fullbacks like Liverpool with Trent Alexander-Arles or Kyle over in Man City, it's like, even when they look good and their team looks and their team plays well, like, it's never like, oh, well, Trent Alexander-Arnold was just insane. And he put up, and even when he puts up these numbers and he has like a good game, say he gets an assist or gets two assists. It's still like you look at the middle of the field and some of their great midfielders, GD Wijnaldum, whoever they put in the midfield, they still have either created a lot of chances or had a lot of passes or completed a lot of dribbles. It's not like, okay, well, this one fullback is doing really well, so that means that we're not expecting our cam to create. That's like not how good teams operate. It's the same with Man City. Like No matter how good everyone else does, like Kevin De Bruyne, when he's playing and when he's healthy – there's games where he absolutely dominates the game as a cam without scoring. And yeah. it's like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to still be involved in the attack. You're supposed to be involved in the buildup. And Perez is just like never involved in any of this, even when we have these open games, even when we have good offensive performances. And yeah, sure, he scored a couple goals for us. But yes, he scored a couple goals because of the positions other people put him in. It's not like he was doing anything that was ridiculously creative that led to a goal 
I don't know. It's yeah, I understand, and it's it's definitely frustrating. But I mean, yeah, it's it's with him. With him, it, it reminds me of the highlight theory. Is like I'll give a college football reference. So I'm sorry if you don't understand it and you're listening. But like Alabama played Oklahoma in the conference semifinals. I mean, in the college football semifinals um, over the weekend, and people can look at the highlights of that game and be like, "Oh, you know, Oklahoma's quarterback did well. At least it was an 11 point game." But if you're watching the match, Alabama dominated the whole way. They had a 28 nothing lead, and Oklahoma was playing catch the whole way. It never got close, closer than a two score game for them. Because you watch the yeah. game, you would know that. If you watch, yeah. just watch Iosi Perez in a match. Watch him just run around doing absolutely nothing for over 30 minutes in a time without touching the ball. And you're like, what What are you doing? And then you'll look, oh, but he ran the most of any player. It's like, did you, did you actually, like, actually watch him? Like, focus your eyes on him in a match. It will drive you mad. It will. It's, it's unbelievable to me. I can't, I can't say enough how frustrated I am watching him play. Best player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so best player. Uh, best player for me, um, it's, it's got to be Richie. Uh, he's probably played his best game of the season. Um, I, I guess I'd give a shout out as well to Christian Atz. So I think Christian Atz, who has played pretty well. Um, and, and recently when he's given the opportunity, I think he's had maybe one or two like subpar games, but um, he, no one's perfect per se. But I think um, it looks like starting – him over Kennedy is the right decision for now, uh, especially given we don't really know where Kennedy's at mentally. Uh, there's reports of him wanting to go back to Chelsea. There's reports of him, um, you know, ready to leave Newcastle. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, Richie with the uh, with uh, Atsu as like a runner-up, and obviously always shout out to Bravka. Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit it on the head. You you nailed pretty much the best players. Like it, the top four for me, it's Atsu, Dummett, Rondon, and Richie. Um, and because you said Richie, I'm going to say Rondon. He was wreaking havoc, mainly the first half. But the, the big stat for me, is which he's, is he's best at, is he won eight aerial duels. Eight. That's crazy. The next best player in both teams won four. So he literally doubled anybody else on the field, which is amazing to think about. I mean, he, he is dominant in the air. And I think we need to exploit that more and more. And I think we have been. So just really good shout-out because, I mean, like I said, he put the ball in the net three times. He probably had two other chances that were, like, you know, the goalie came off his line at the right time. But he he was – there was no answer for him in the first half. Um, more performances like that will get us more points. So well done, Rondon, Dummett, Atu, and Richie for sure. All right. So let's look at the Premier League table now. We, for the second straight week, we have not lost or gained a position. We're at 18th place. In, I mean, sorry, we're in 15th place with 18 points. <laughs> and um, Cardiff City actually won again. So they're now tied with us on points, but we have seven better goal differential than that. Uh, below us is Cardiff, Southampton, Burnley, Fulham, and Huddersfield Town. And at the top, we have Liverpool. Wow. Liverpool is now seven points clear of Manchester City. So Liverpool, Man City, Tottenham, Chelsea, and Arsenal. And then our next opponent sits in sixth place with 35 points and a plus-nine goal differential, Manchester United. So let's get into that matchup, Elijah. Um, just looking out, what, talk us through what happened last match. You remember, right? <laughs> 
That was the the three two fiasco that saved Mourinho's job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's so, what happened. We gave up three goals. Yeah, it was, it, what I was talking about earlier, where it's like Newcastle do this thing where it's like, all right, in the last ten minutes, let's give everyone a heart attack, and you have moments like those that remind us that, like, yes, it is like there's there's certain teams where it's like you get into the last ten minutes and they have a lead, and it's like. All right. Well, they'll probably protect this lead pretty well. One zero lead. You know they can handle the bombardment. But with Newcastle, it seems like no matter how many people we put in the box, no matter how many people we we put behind the ball, we're gonna give up a goal inevitably. And like the Man U match was like, I think that was the catalyst this season for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was a tactical masterclass for Rafa because we only had twenty seven percent possession, but that accumulated to eight shots on target, which is crazy to think about we've done that a couple times this year um so relative to lack of possession we had a ton of shots when we had the ball we it was just favoring long balls crossing the ball in the box and we we're effective at it and we lost <laughs> um john joe had a day kennedy had a day both were really good um matt Ritchie probably should have scored hell even iosi perez did well in that one so it was one of the better matches. We just, you know, it just comes down to quality, you know. When you have players at the caliber of Manchester United versus us, you know, you kind of expect some of those things to fall apart, and it did. So let's just talk about briefly the match. Elijah, what do you think? Or actually, I'll go through in- injuries, and then you can give me your, your take on how everybody will line up. Sound good? Of course. So Fernandez, don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, he picked up an injury at halftime of Watford. Um, Mankio is good to go now. Yedlin seems fine, so I don't know if that's going to change. But I don't know if R- Rafa kind of hinted at Kennedy not net needing to work harder in training, so he could be out. Um, Hasselu and Nito are – yeah, Kieran Clark's out. Darlow's out. Lejeune's probably not playing. Shelby, I don't know if he's going to start. He did play. And then on um, – I think he's got, he has to start. Yeah. Um, Eric Bailey starts his three-match ban. He got a red card against Burnmouth on Sunday. So it seems like Phil Jones will replace him. Um, Marcus Rashford pick up a groin injury. So that could uh, change some things, which means Lukaku would probably come in. Um, Ander Herrera could start because um, – I mean, sorry, could be out because he's been playing a lot recently, so there's rumors that Fred could start. It, it looks like a game where where Manchester United are going to be transitioning. So it's Marcus Rojo, Chris Smalling, Scott McTominay, Eric Bailey, all out for sure. And then Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez is – Yeah. He's doubtful, I heard. But – Yeah. I mean – I think he'll be out. And Marcus Rashford and an Antonio Valencia all seem to be pretty doubtful. So what? What? how do you think Newcastle lines up here, and what is their strategy for the match? I think it's going to be the exact same lineup. Um, well, not the exact same lineup. I think the back five is going to be the same. Um, uh, probably. Do you think Fernandez and Cher flipping? Yeah, I mean, I think that she has, yeah, with Fernandez and Cher flipping – um, I think Dummett has honestly played well as that left center back. Um, 
because I think one of the best things Dummett was at um, was I think Dummett was a much better defender as a left back. It's no secret to anyone than he was, you know, a threat going forward. And part of that was that he was able to deal with really pacey wingers by cutting down their angles and really be able to kind of predict what they were going to do or what they were going to try to do um, before they even did it. So um, he's excelled at doing that recently as a center back. Um, and so I think that that's a good it's a good good thing to have. Um, I think in the middle of the park, it'll probably be Diame and Shelby. Um, with Shelby being asked to sit back a little more, Iose is going to be playing this free-form role thing. Maybe we see Muto, but I highly doubt it. But this is, what, their second-to-last game with Muto. So you would yeah. hope that uh, that he, he at least gets in. Um, I think Atsu is going to start again, and deservedly so. Uh, and I, I think that's honestly it, right? Oh, and Ron yeah. Don and someone else. I don't know. And now, what do you think? Um, what, what's the players to watch for Man United? I mean, um, you could say all of them, but <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I think I think the matchup to watch here is because we kind of know what to expect from all the Man United players. I think the matchup is to see how Old Gunner uh, is going to be able to go up with probably one of the better managers he's faced so far. Um, Old Gunner. <laughs> huh? Sounds like a a dog from somebody in, a dog's name from like somebody in Mississippi. Yeah, Old Gunner. Oh, that's my that's my yellow lab, old Gunner. I didn't realize. I mean, like, I thought that I thought his name was just Gunner for so long, and then I didn't realize that Ol is a part of this dude's name, which is just wow. Yeah, that is, I mean, they do some weird in Scandinavia. Yeah, they do some weird stuff in Scandinavia. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, I think that this game could either be Rafa another tactical masterclass, um, and you worry if he's had enough time, or it could just be like them pumping us like 3-0 and I kind of like the more I was I initially I was like okay they're gonna pump us but I honestly think that um they might struggle to see that to, to I think tactically they might struggle facing Newcastle in the first half I think eventually we'll get broken down but I think that they might that, that Rafa's gonna throw something at at Gunner that he hasn't really seen or hasn't really prepared for or hasn't really faced I like um, that I like that too. and I yeah, like and I don't know. I just think I, I'm I'm a little a little optimistic, but you know, you have to be at some times. <laughs> yeah, um, for me, Anthony Martial, if he starts, he's the one that causes a lot of the headache. Last time we played, so assuming that he's going to play, I, I do think Man United will rotate a few people out, but I think he'll start, and I think he's going to be the biggest issue. I don't think anybody can really stop him if he plays ninety. We can stop him run to run some a couple times here and there but over a match he's he's gonna give us some bruises and some headaches and heartaches for sure um so going to some stats before we give our predictions um there the man united are undefeated in 29 of their last 32 matches against newcastle in all comps they've scored at least three goals in their last three matches and they've been winning at both halftime and full time in all three of those matches. Um, and they've won all three of those matches too. So pretty good success since he started. Um, obviously losing three to two to him last time. Elijah, what are your predictions? I think it's going to be a two nil loss. Okay. Who's the, who's the goal scorers for Man United? Uh, Martial and 
I don't know, Pogba. Pogba's playing really well. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's not a lot. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, and he's he was a guy way. who uh, – Newcastle neutralized the last match, but he was just kind of out of it in general under Jose Mourinho. But it's like he's on a revenge tour. So, like, he's inevitably going to score some free kick or some BS penalty, something like that. Um, or he's going to get a goal from open play. I mean, he is still Paul Pogba. He still is one of the best footballers in the world. So, I think they'll win 2-0. Okay, so I say so. Newcastle have only won one of their last seven, and only Huddersfield has picked up fewer points in the Premier League from home matches this season. Sorry, I should have added that. Um, so with Manchester United winning their last three, and that that scoreline has been twelve to three, so they're plus nine since he started. And just to give you an idea, through four matches ago when Mourinho was fired, they were at zero in goal differential. Now they're plus nine. That's crazy. Um, those two things in account. I, I think I like what you said, Elijah. I like that Rafa's going to come out, come out with something funky or different that they didn't put, prepare for. I think that's the one advantage that we have over old Gunner. Um, so I think it's going to kind of go how it was the last time. I think Newcastle's going to come out and get an early goal from Rondon. I think he's going to start and, and get another header, rocket, bullet, and start one nothing. We're going to freak out all over again. But I see us losing 2-1. to one. And another late at the depth goal from probably, like you said, Anthony Martial or Pogba. <laughs> and uh, it will be a disappointing start to the new year for Newcastle United, my prediction. So we're sorry. We're sorry for that. <laughs> um, any contests on that? You like the sound of that? Hate the sound of that? I mean, I guess you don't like I, it. I, I, I mean, I think we both are kind of in the same general like, you know, I think we both have the same idea of, like, as great as a tactician Rafa is, I mean, his team has proven already that they struggle against teams uh, who are in the same, like, I guess, at the same level as them and struggle to create and score goals against them. So I don't see why either one of us would ever choose Newcastle to create and score goals against uh, against the teams such as Manchester United. So I think we both are kind of similarly seeing the same thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Newcastle to get an early goal, but I would also not put it past Newcastle to never score again for the rest of that match and have literally no chances and lose 2-1. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we don't have questions today, but I have a question for you. Oh. And uh, the question is, uh, well, first, like, just sign up to Fubo TV because it's worth it. Um, and if you go to their website, um, it's fubotv.com. You can you can see you can kind of go over all of their 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 plans and their cable providers and kind of what they offer. So you you can actually even create your own package. You get like they're offering a free trial right now. I think it's pretty good. And honestly, like don't tell them I told you this, but you could cancel if you don't like it before the free trial ends. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, whoa, whoa. But they, they literally offer like it's insane how much and if you like if your live TV watching is strictly sports, I guarantee you you can cut the cable and pay thirty nine ninety nine a month and watch any sports match around the world that you wanted. I'm I'm serious about that. They have NHL network, NBA TV, NFL network, be in sports all the way up to eight. They have three Big Ten networks. Who even needs three Big Ten networks? I honestly don't even <laughs> want Big Ten networks. Yeah, I mean, so it's just insane how much they have, and they have different channel channel options. So 100-plus um, channels, free cloud DVR, don't compromise. 
Sign up today, Fubo TV. Cool. So my question to you, Elijah, is we have a, a pretty tough stretch of matches coming up. Um, we have, as we just previewed, Man United, then a – I'm just talking Premier League, so we'll skip over the FA Cup match. But Man United at Chelsea, home against Crystal Palace, home against Man City, at Spurs. So in just those uh, one, two, three, four, five, in those five matches, home against Man U at Chelsea, home against Crystal Palace, home against Man City at Spurs. How many points does Newcastle get in those five games? Uh, six, one win and three draws. Really? Oh, yeah. So we're only losing one of those five. Yeah. Who is that to? Man United. So we're going to draw or beat Man City? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, of course. We're going to win the league. Man City sucks right now. we got to take advantage of it. (laughs) I know. I wish we were playing them right now instead of Man United, though. (laughs) Yeah. We're we're playing them at the wrong time. Like, (laughs) Man United's hot and Man City's not, and we're playing the wrong one. Ah, All right. So I'm going to say – all right. I'm going to say four. Okay. So I think we're, we're going to beat. I think oh, we're, wait, no, we'll, that's what I just said. Oh, I said Crystal Palace. I meant Cardiff, not Crystal. Oh, then yes, that's the Cardiff. win. Yeah, sorry, that was my mistake. So yeah, home against Cardiff City, I think we win, um, and then I think we can sneak out a draw somewhere in that. Um, honestly, because we played well against Man United, we played well against Chelsea, we played well against Man City. We lost two we to one well Tottenham. We played well against Spurs. So I, I do think I actually Elijah, you're. You're on point today. I, I'm liking pretty much everything you're saying. Nothing new. Nothing new. It's a normal day in life, it seems. But I just wanted to point that out. Do you have a question for me, or should we end this and wish our fellow listeners a happy new year? Okay, so I have two things for you. One. Two. Um, you know, one's not a question. One is. Okay. Well, I'll take wh- however you want to give it. Okay. So the <laughs> – <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for that. Um, the question is, would you rather uh, – uh, I don't know. I, I, I hate this question. Uh, would you rather sell Jarjo Shelby and uh, Jamal sells and buy, like, three young good talents, or would you rather just keep Jarjo Shelby and have LaSalle's and buy one, like – 30-year-old or, like, 28-year-old Cam. Oh. Oh. All right. So I would say – all right, this is going to be tough. Um, I'm, I'm just going to answer my – the first thing that popped in my head is I would sell Shelby and LaSalle's. But I wouldn't do it – well, does it have to be this window? No, I th- over the next two windows. Okay, yeah, I would sell. So, like, sh- you also don't bring in the three talents, like in one Until next year. Yeah, so like say like the three talent, like maybe one or two come in this in this probably one in January, two in the summer. Okay, right? so yeah, I would say I would sell Shelby and LaSalle. Now, I, and the only reason I wouldn't do it in January is because I think we can get more for LaSalle. I think he just needs to find his form again. So I'd want to just wait and see. I would take the risk in waiting to get his his value back. I think Shelby's value is still going to be there. Um, but I, I think, you know, we're at a position now where we kind of have to play money ball. And we found two good players in Shelby and LaSalle's. But I also think that with young, promising players that are going to hit it with that money, like 
it, I think if we, assuming the money's going to be spent directly into those three, I think we can get three really promising players. And under Rafa's leadership, they're going to be better than both of those guys. And if you put them in the right position, you know, one attacking, one central mid distributor, and one good center back, which we already have a few good center backs, um, I think I think that could really grow the side um, for the next few years. So, yeah, I, I'm approaching it from that same angle, but I'm thinking about it differently. I'm saying, like, I understand. I think you obviously have to sell players, and make money, blah blah blah. Um, but my three youngsters, I'm saying you, one of them, I think, should be a striker. And then that way, you don't have to pay $16.5 for Solomon Rondon. You could, just, you could use that money to buy someone else. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, everything else I agree with. Maybe not a center back, probably a left back. Oh, a I, left yeah, back. I like that. I really a like that. Junior Fairpo, someone Gosh, like that. You are on fire today, Elijah. Thanks. Yes. It's, it's, all, it's a shot of Henny I took before this pot. <laughs> Yes, you were on fire. All right, so you have a second one? Oh, yeah. So my second thing is, is just a tweet, and I'll send it to you. And I'll, I'll, I guess I'll post it in the article as well. Um, but <laughs> Raheem Sterling posted a, a video of his baby, like, kicking a soccer ball. And this kid's got, like, a better shot than Isaiah Perez, which low bar, but still. So I just wanted everyone <laughs> to know that. And there's, like, people responding with, like, their kids trying to kick a ball and, like, busting their face. But yeah, it, it's a pretty great video. That's um, wonderful. It's a good way to start off your new year. Well, you know? Perez doesn't score goals with his feet anymore. It's only flick-ons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So we – well, what are you doing tonight? What's your New Year's Eve plans? Um, about to go smoke some wings for a New Year's Eve party yeah. that my friend she always throws. So I think this is this will actually be probably the first time there's gonna be alcohol involved because we're all twenty one. So nice, yeah, getting it. Getting it. Yeah, we're, we're getting I'm after. Be it. Hanging out and on, we'll be watching the fireworks from the Las Vegas Strip. We'll be checking oh. all that out. Yeah, it's gonna be a glorious one. Um, but Elijah, wish you a happy New Year. Oh, Greg, I wish you a happy new year and good luck to your Georgia Bulldogs playing primetime yes. tomorrow night. Yes, go so dogs. We don't even need to talk about it, but I think every American football fan that's listening to this pod knows exactly how Greg feels about the playoff after watching this past weekend. <laughs> Which, by the way, this is probably what? This is out of the how – how long have they been doing the playoffs? Uh, I think four or five years. I think okay, four. I think this might be the fifth time, but I think this is out of the fifth – this is like – I think – out of those five years, I think there's been like at least three where the the matches have just been so bad the, the yeah. first time around. I think last year was pretty good. Yeah, last year, last, year, was, last year last year was probably really the best. Yeah, yeah, last year was, was the best. And then I think last year was like the only year the committee got it right for real. Yeah, but I, I remember been like Georgia the won in overtime to in three overtimes to beat Oklahoma. That was awesome. Yeah. And then yeah, the national was, championship game went to overtime. So yeah, was, we don't have to talk about that game though. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's fine. But yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'll be excited. Alma Mater's playing in a big game, so I love it. It's better than what they were playing in when I was there. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Hook them. Yeah. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Well, happy New Year's to all of our listeners. We have, like I said, a big announcement coming up mid next week. I'm excited for that one. Please follow us on Twitter at CHN underscore radio. Please start rating us five stars on iTunes. We need to get to 100 by next year. So I really hope you guys can help us out with that. But 
without further ado, for the last time in 2018, I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom, and away the lads. Oh, my God. 